I'll tell you, Keith is being entirely too grounded over here. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want to call in, the number is 1-800-336-2225. And we'd also love to hear from you on email. We'd like to hear what you think of the show. Any questions you might have for us to answer on the show, the uh, email is ambers at masteringourselves.com. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did some amazing, wonderful work with regards to death and dying. She's I, I famous think, for it. Yeah, I think she did a really good job. And I want to read this little segment to you about what happens when you die. She actually talks about three different stages. And tonight we're not going to go into all three. We're only going to go into the final third stage. Those of you that saw um, Defending Your Life with Merle Streep and Mel Brooks will... Uh, recognize this as being um, what they went through was the third stage. Wasn't it Albert Brooks or? Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> so this, uh, you know, they made kind of fun about it, but actually it's pretty accurate in a lot of ways. So here's what she says. In this light, in the presence of God, Christ, or whatever you want to name it, you have to look back on your entire life from the first day until the last with with this viewing of your own life, uh, you have reached the third stage. On this level, you are no longer in possession of consciousness from the first stage or the awareness from the second. You are now in possession of knowledge. Remember before the break, I said that when you die, you suddenly become aware of, oh, I had cancer because, you know, I was mad at my mother all these years, and actually my mother was supposed to do that to yep. me because of my lessons. So you become aware of this knowledge. If your mother didn't do it to you, somebody, somebody else, else would, would have fill those shoes yep. and do that exact pl uh, part of the play for your experience. Right, and we have veils up between us and those that knowledge because it's our challenge to get over the anger get over the upset, and grow, like grow up. So now, after we die, we are in possession of this knowledge. You know in minute detail every thought you had at any time during your life on earth. You will remember every deed and know every word that you ever spoke. This reca recapitulation, recapitulation, thank you, is only a very small part of your knowing because at this moment you know all the consequences resulting from your thoughts and from every one of your words and deeds. During this review of your earthly life, you will not blame God for your fate, but you will know that you yourself were your own worst enemy since you are now accusing yourself of having neglected so many opportunities to grow. Just like we were saying, angry at your mom causes you to get cancer, but in fact your mother was giving you the experience you needed to have. Now you know that long ago when your house burned down, when your child died, when your husband hurt himself, or when you yourself suffered a heart attack, all fatal blows were merely some of the many possibilities for you to grow to grow in understanding, to grow in love, to grow in all those things which we still have to learn. And instead of using those opportunities wisely, you will repent now. With every blow, I became more and more embittered in, in such a way that my rage and my negativity grew. 
So when you start to realize that every moment in your life is intentional and for a reason, then all of a sudden we start losing all of our anger and bitterness and start understanding that these are all lessons for us here to grow. Part of all this is how we treat our animals. There's no leeway there at all. We must treat all of God's creation with honor and respect. That's right. It's all part of God. So you disrespect God, you know, even uh, throwing trash out the side of a highway with no respect for the uh, ambiance or the beauty or where the trash should go that's most appropriate, that has a, a portion of karma. You know, uh, we used to live on Maui, and uh, they had this great program on Maui. Uh, if you saw somebody throw out a cigarette butt, you could take down their driver's license or their license plate <laughs> and record the day and the time and the location and send it into these people and they sent a letter out to that person which they had access to because of the license plate and they said on this date at this location you were seen throwing a cigarette butt out under the street and we would appreciate it if you'd stop doing that. So please get your butt out there and get 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 it I love up. that. And you know the thing that finally occurred to me is when people have so little respect for their own body that they would smoke they have you know, also so little respect for earth that they would throw their butts out. I knew this one pig-headed young lady, this gal, who smoked. She doesn't anymore, but she did at the time. And, you know, she said, well, they say that cigarette butts don't break down, but I didn't believe it. She was just a pig-headed little <laughs> thing. So she said, I went and tested it, and you know what? They don't break down. So now that I know that they don't break down, I'm not going to throw them out anymore. You know, when you're free to choose your own life and everything, but you don't use that freedom in your life well, they call it freedom. <laughs> you're listening. Thank you, Keith. You're listening to Good ma- Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 1-800-336-2225. If you call in for a reading, we'll give out, we're giving out a free wisdom toning series CD. I think after meditation that, not CD. Call. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to catch us Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern right here on CRN. I'm going to say one more thing and then you got another animal yeah, ready. Yeah, I got okay. one lined up. Okay, so here, um, here's what I want to do. I want to let you know that when you're in this review, the you and your guides around you also look at your underlying intent. This is really important. This means that when you go to the homeless shelter to help feed people and you're doing it so that everybody will see that you're doing it, you don't get many points. When you go to the homeless shelter and you hide back in the kitchen and you make all this food and nobody even knows you're there, then you get points. When you go to the homeless shelter and you tell everybody, yeah, I went over to feed the poor people today, and you tell everybody that will listen, you don't get points. But when you go and do it and nobody even knows you did it, you just have that warm feeling inside yourself that you've actually helped somebody, then you get points. And here's another one to help you to understand underlying intent. There was this guy who really, really loved his dog. It was a wonderful dog. 
and the dog was outside in the yard, and all of a sudden the guy heard this this car screeching its tires. He heard this yelp, which he knew was his dog. He grabbed his uh, shotgun and went out to the yard, and he saw his dog lying there on the street terribly, terribly hurt. If he would have picked and shot that dog immediately, thinking, you know what, he's only going to suffer, I'm going to take him out of his misery, you would have killed the dog and taken him out of his misery and moved on. But what if he paused for just a moment and said, you know what, the dog might make it, but I don't feel like putting my energy into what it's going to take to save the dog. It's going to take a lot of time and energy and nursing, and I don't feel like it, so I'm going to shoot the dog. And he shoots the dog. Suddenly, he's gone from compassion to selfish. Compassion to selfish. Compassion, I'm going to take the dog out of his misery with no thought of himself. Selfish because suddenly now it's too much work for me to save him. Underlying intent. When you're in this review that you go into after you die, your underlying intent intent is a dominant feature. It's going to way make a difference. Well, yes, we see that you went to the homeless shelter all the time, but we also noticed that you bragged about it everybody everywhere and everybody stroked you for it. So really you weren't doing something to help others. You were really doing something to get ego stroked yourself. What is your underlying intent? And when you're in that life review, whatever your underlying intent is going to be loud and clear on the screen and you were going to know whether or not you were doing something selfish or selfless. So you want to notice, folks, on a daily basis, what your underlying intent is in all areas of your life, because indeed you will be answering for that at some time in the future. So our next animal out of the book of animal ignorance is the FUSA. Boy becomes like girl that. becomes boy. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that animal is really cool. So th- this is an unusual animal. I-, I don't recall hearing of it before. I'm sure I have, though. But it seems like an intelligent design, the uh, biological engineers for the species and animals on Earth, uh, was experimenting. You know, like the Tasmanian, what is it, the tiger, yeah. Tasmanian wolf? No, devil, wolf? devil, Tasmanian okay. devil. It's like a combination of different animals? Yes. Well, this FUSA it seems to be the same thing. Um, is only found in Madagascar where it is the top carnival, carnivore. It's I like carnival better. Yeah, it's <laughs> more on. celebration kind of thing. Yeah. It's the size of a spaniel, a cocker spaniel. Looks like a big cat, but is distinctly uh, related to the mongoose. So you got that combination going on. Imagine a cross between a puma and a giant otter that leaps through the branches like a squirrel, and you're close. You know, it's like, whoa, what's that? So that's what didn't you call... did we see him on um, a nature movie yeah, once? Yeah, I think didn't we did. we see this animal? But, you know, these are pretty big. Anyhow, uh, let's see. Uh, young females grow genitals just like the male until they're four years old and they're ready to have babies. So I think they mock them... Um, so they look like males, uh, maybe keep the boys away until they're ready to mate. Yes. So smart. it looks just like the male genitals, and then all that shrinks away and all the female matures. Isn't that something? 
That is. Nature's so, smart. Yeah. So uh, Madagascar, which is three times the size of the British Isles, separated from the mainland of Africa more than uh, 165 million years ago, and four-fifths of its plants and animals are found there and nowhere else. And you and I, you know, the crystal shop we used to get, we used to get some unusual and extraordinary things from Madagascar. Yes, we did. So, this is really interesting. Uh, dog, cat, mangoose that lives in a tree. This is what this animal's combination of. So, once again, like the Tasmanian devil, we're thinking this was like an experiment. Mm-hmm. See what these things do. It has a canine nostril pad. It has feline long whiskers for night hunting. It has canine and feline long, sharp teeth. Feline retractable claws. Walks on the soles of its feet like mongoose. Um, or the tiptoes sometimes like cats and dogs. It can do it either way. Has a three-foot tail for balance like a cat. Has anal scent glands like the mongoose. And that's just in one animal, the fusa. So that's, uh, that's that one. Oh, there's one more thing here. Since it arrived, uh, well, its biggest threat, the fusa's biggest threat, um, happened 150 years ago when humans arrived on Madagascar and cleared from then to now 95% of the forest that covered the island. You know, that's a gross species. What is that again? The humans. Yeah, gross. I tell you, we are cleared 95% of the island. I know. Isn't we are, that just gross? We are utterly you know, gross. it's so bad there that they have tragic um, erosion of, of of the land when it rains. Just tragic. It just the whole thing's washing away because gross man just stripped it. You know, it's like um, it's like raping. Yes. You just take all the good out of it. And you do it the wrong way. You don't mm-hmm. replant. You don't care. You're just taking it for yourself. This is gross. But see, what species? Mankind. Jeez, let's get with yeah, it. Yeah, and we're the ones that think that we're so smart. We're smarter and superior. Yeah, we're the evolved. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the boat, folks. You want me to do another one? I really do. Well, the fox. This is the red fox is easily, easily the most widespread and abundant wild carnivore on Earth. Foxes are astonishingly adaptable and are found almost everywhere in the world from deserts to the Arctic Circle. Uh, Foxes in no danger of being persecuted out of existence. It is the ultimate opportunist and has learned to live alongside humans without sacrificing any of its, its feral integrity. So it's wild and it coexists with humans. The count of surviving cubs each year is almost identical to the number of deaths. So the foxes calculate how many animals to have according to what the environment uh, will will handle. Smart. Uh, Humans haven't even figured that out. That's right. That's right. We're way overpopulated. We're way overpopulated. One of the most serious problems of our world right now is overpopulation. We're just uh, making the whole system stagger. And that's really true. Plus, a gross consciousness. I believe our gross consciousness is throwing off the core. What's they call the core of the earth? The core, the magnetic core of the earth. And you know what the magnetic core of the earth will interfere with? 
the Arctic, Arctic Ocean, Arctic Sea it will melt that if it's thrown off balance. And what throws that off balance? Electromagnetic energy. And what has a lot to do with that besides solar is the consciousness of mankind. When you have overpopulation, you have maybe three, four, five, six times the consciousness. And if it was in harmony with nature, that would be fine. But our consciousness is running in so many directions. It's got the magnetic core and balance of the earth wobbling and off balance, which throws the... Um, the uh, poles. Pole, the poles, both the poles, it throws both the poles off balance, and that's where the main global warming problem is happening. <laughs> it's not happening in all these freezing places that are getting record colds and record storms. It's happening mostly in the poles. Michael Moore, find a new profession. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life stuff questions. Monday through Saturday, love to have you join us, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN, and we will come back and finish up the Fox, right? Yep. Okay, we'll be right back. Mastering Ourselves co-host Keith Amber has done thousands of psychic soul healings over the past 36 years. As a healer and co-host on Mastering Ourselves, Keith offers profound insights that assist you in moving forward in your own life through your own trials and challenges. During Keith's private healings and on the show Mastering Ourselves, many of life's mysteries are explained with the help of the amazing spirit guides of light. Find out what others have to say about Keith's life-altering healings at MasteringOurselves.com. 